With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code. With your host, Charles Rosen. I sit in a chair. It's one of Sandy's antiques. The whole thing breaks. Larry Mullen. These shouldn't be even in this show. I hope they're going to kill him, and they did. Pete Ferreira. My, like, TV crush is Claire Arnold. So, I mean, she has to come on the show at this point. And representing the fans, Lily Amaran. Ryan, I love you. I have dreamt about you. What? Along with many special guests. And your questions. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Hello, we are here again at the Beverly Hills 90210 show. And look who is here. Catherine Cannon. Felice is with us. (laughs) Catherine, this has been incredible. The amount of reactions that we have had to your appearance here. I guess it, you know, I usually save some gratitude for the end, but I guess it speaks to the incredible work that you did on this show. Like you said, prior to walking on, some people love to hate you, but then love to love you at times. So it's a very, a very unique thing that's happening. Catherine, how are you? Let me start with you. How's everything going in quarantine in these days? How's, how's it all going? Everything is good. Just hanging in like everybody else, baking, you know, no <laughs> bread you, yet. I was gonna ask you. And cakes and sweets and you know, taking care of the sweet tooth. Very cool. So it's good you can only see me from here up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, with us is the 90210 bro, Darren Martin, super fan, man. How are you? I mean, again, I always tell you this, Darren, but I appreciate all the things that you did for this show uh, in, in, in the times when nobody was doing anything for it. And I noticed in the background here, you have something from the Beach House. Uh, how's things yeah, going? Yeah, this is the... Yeah. Yeah, it, things are doing really well. Uh, thankfully, the area in Canada that I live in hasn't been hit by COVID really hard. So things are still pretty chill and uh, everything's still open and everybody's wearing masks and keeping their, you know, two meters or six feet for you Americans apart from one another. <laughs> and uh, the thing in the background, sorry, is um, it's actually a painting from the uh, beach house that Don and Kelly lived in. Yes, I love that. It was so I've cool. Yeah. To live in that beach house, but I think Darren, you got the, the chance to stay there, didn't you? Yeah, uh, me and a bunch of uh, what I call Peach Pit pals, just friends of uh, that are also big fans of 90210. We all got to stay there for uh, two days this summer when we went to the Brian Austin Green event. Nice, wow, wow. Cool. It was expensive though. It was, it was probably, I think we <laughs> each paid like two, there was like six of us, and I think we each paid like 180 each a night. Wow. Wow. For, for, for one floor with two bedrooms. And so I mean, it's totally worth it, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Did you throw anything through the window like Ray did in this in one of these episodes? <laughs> no, I, I smashed a pumpkin on the deck, though. Oh. <laughs> there you go. And with us, of course, is Jessica Klein. Uh, I'm going to tell you a secret, Jessica. 
Darren okay. and I were talking uh, maybe a couple of days ago, and we said there is so much excitement for when Jessica Klein joins us. So there is. Uh, oh, nice. there's so much love for you and when you are here and the, what you offer. And I know all the fans kind of feel that, too. Oh, I, I do. so appreciate that because it's such a it's such a treat for me. And so how is all with you? Uh, we Everything's her. good. Um, I, I now actually live in Beverly Hills for the first time in my life. Uh -huh. I, I have a little apartment here and I'm very happy to be able to walk the streets with my mask on, which is required yes. uh, in my town. And um, yeah. I quote Hamilton, how lucky we are to be alive right now. That's true. Yes. And then Lily, uh, how's everything going with you? Uh, what's going on in fan world? Anything interesting happening in the groups this week? Did you have to throw anybody off the, off the pages and all that stuff? Well, yeah, that goes without say. <laughs> but uh, everyone's super excited to have Catherine on tonight. And we're looking forward to hearing all her thoughts and opinions about her iconic character, Felice. Yeah. Absolutely. And Larry Mullen, the uh, usual suspect, is here. What's going on on the East Coast, man? How's everything? Well, you know, I've been very fortunate uh, here. It's really laid back, and I've been able to, you know, fish and clam and feed myself and my family uh, from the sea. And then, wow. you know, this week, uh, just trying to be, you know, just loving and kind and uh, productive and persistent. Because one thing this week I did. I kept at Catherine. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my friend Karen Richmond, who I, uh, after I got nothing from Karen's and Catherine's, anything, we couldn't get anything, wasn't getting anywhere. And I, I called Karen Richmond, who was, a, as it turns out, was my brother's girlfriend. But Karen, also known as Gidget, the last actress to portray the Gidget character, and is also keeps up with a good friend of ours, also, who was also the last one to play Moon Doggy, who is married to Catherine. So I, I prevailed on Karen, Karen, who did not want to do this at all, but she did. And so the first time I put it out there, I got like, whatever, no, they just shut the door. And I said, I'm not going to accept it because she'd be missing out on this. Everyone's doing it and she should get the love, which she just, I, I want to say, Felice, when you think about it, everyone has some piece of their mother, which was Felice. And that's why I think the character sustains so much because at times, and it's the judgmental thing probably, but everyone's mother had that, and that's why she resonated so strongly. So I persisted, and thank God Dean got involved, God bless him, and somehow got Karen over, and I got Carol Potter. Did you reach out to Carol Potter, by the way? I, I, I gave her Carol Potter's number just to say that we were not crazy. It was kind of oh, you're okay. asking me if I... Yeah, I was asking you, yeah. Did you call? Yeah. I don't know if no. you reached out to Carol. She said, at least Dean <laughs> I, trusted me. They trusted me. And, I, uh, and Catherine's here. Nothing. Somehow I missed these these emails or something because I didn't quite get oh. that all that was oh. going on. Well, well I just persisted. And <laughs> it's exciting to have you. Um, okay. Hey, guys, real quick, before we hop into this episode, I'm going to just talk about some shirts because that's what we have here. We have some shirts. And this week, last week, we promoted this one, The New Evolution. Right, so uh, that was a very cool one, and of course, you can get the traditional retro Beverly Hills 90210 uh show. Uh, Jessica, I think you need one of those, maybe. I but, do <laughs> now that you're living, was, there. yes, no kidding. <laughs> and you can go to Beverly Hills 90210 show shop.com to pick up all that stuff. Okay, I'm gonna start with I think we should add a Felice shirt, definitely. We, the Sunset Strip, is I was that thinking a little that. Seedy? 
Yes, we'll. we'll... <laughs> <laughs> uh, Catherine, I'm curious. Before we start talking about this particular storyline, I'm curious how you even got involved in the whole 90210 thing. Um, did you audition? Uh, what was that process like for you? Well, apparently, in the in the first season, there was another woman that did a, a quick bit as Donna's mom. And I guess maybe at that time, they didn't know if they were going to go further with the character. But I guess it was the second season that they did decide that they wanted to create some stuff that Tori could get into a little bit more. So, uh, yes, I auditioned just like anyone else. And do you remember what that process was like? Did you know, like, that you nailed that? Because I know actors struggle with did they, knowing if their auditions went well and whatnot. Uh, what did you think about the audition? Do you remember it at all? I do. I do. I remember being in a theater. Um, and I kind of can't remember now if they were videotaping or what, or if somebody was maybe back up in, in uh, the booth watching but I do remember being in a theater. And no, I had no idea. I, I always loved auditioning and if I got the part, great. And if I didn't get it, that's okay too because I just enjoyed the process. Do you remember finding out that you had gotten this and did you know the, the scope of what it was going to be? I mean, uh... I had no idea season to season where, where anything would go because yeah. I was a reoccurring character and I never knew how far. Thank you very much, Larry Mullen and Jessica <laughs> Klein for continuing to bring me back. But uh, I, I guess I really presented a lot of issues for Tori, which was uh, my purpose and I was happy to do it. There you go, yeah. yeah. Uh, Naeem is- I noticed, I noticed Larry called? looking- Real quick, where is Charles Rosen? Charles is away this week. Uh, he'll be back with us next week. I just wanted to clarify. I forgot to play, Charles say that. Hello, Charles, we miss you, and we'll we'll, we'll see you back here. Next Please week. tell him I hey, said Charles. hi. We'll do. And he said hi to say hi to you too. That's he did say. I remember that. Yeah. Jessica, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I noticed Larry looking surprised when Catherine said she was in a theater for her audition. And it was because in the early days, before you came, Larry, we used to do important roles in the theater at the spelling offices. Uh -huh, right. there, was a, there was a theater that had uh, banked seats <laughs> and we'd sit there and do the, uh, the auditions in there. I guess at the, it must have been producer auditions. There might have been other people who, who you saw sooner that might have been less important or you may have come in later in the process. But eventually that went away and we only saw people in Paul's office or um, the studio Aaron's. or Aaron's office. And there's a lot of people with a lot of questions about, you know, your character in general. And I'm going to save those sort of for the ends so that we can kind of push into talking about this storyline, the Rose, the Rose Queen storyline. So for Larry, um, start with you, where, or, or Jessica, where did this whole thing kind of begin with, with uh, Donna Martin trying to become the Rose Queen. I live in Altadena, which is right near Pasadena. So I'm, I know I'm very familiar with this location. So tell me where this all started from, Larry. Well, you know, we're looking for, for big storylines and, you know, classic LA storylines. It just seemed like it was right in our lap because, you know, our university really was in that, you know, theoretically in that area, in the Glendale, Pasadena area. And, and look, I mean, we were always, and Jessica knows this to be true, always looking for really something juicy with, the boss's daughter 
uh, namely Donna Martin. And uh, and this episode was going to give us a you know a chance to really uh, you know also work you know besides having all the, the kind of the the heat of the of the rose thing in that competition, but the, the mother daughter story. We thought we had something really good uh, and, and important you know between them that and in a way that we could we could frame it all on and you know and. And then, you know, the question is, how are we going to do it? Could we, you know, how could we get the Tournament of Roses to agree to do this and give us the locations and all the other goodies? Because, as Chuck would point out, we're breaking some rules. <laughs> the girl from the Rose Queen has to live in Pasadena or whatever. Anyway, oh, Jessica, no. I'm going to give you where I really <laughs> okay. So I, when we had this idea, and I honestly don't remember whose brain this came out of, it was one of us, um, I was the one who was sent to Pasadena to meet them, charm them, negotiate with them, uh, make all the uh, the arrangements that we could. And one, and there are very, very strict rules about how you have to live Pasadena or San Marino or whatever. Right. But there were a couple of ways we could get around it that they allowed us to play with. Like if you worked there, if you worked within their area. Or if our fictional college could be put in that area, since our fictional college mm -hmm. didn't exist anywhere else. And if we, I mean, we never had to say that. I mean, we never did have to say this on the air. I think we also persuaded them that Dr. Martin had an office in Pasadena. Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> but <laughs> just had to be on the air. If you'll notice, when you look at the episode, the girl who is introduced right before Donna says that she's from San Marino mm -hmm. and um, uh, that helped. But there were all <laughs> kinds of rules. We had to show pictures of the Rose Garden and we had to walk through the house and we had to be very respectful and they had to vet every every scene and they approved it all. So it was great mm -hmm. for us. I just thought it was so exciting and it was also really fun uh, behind the scenes, it was fun being able to go to the Rose Parade and sit uh, in VIP seats. It was fun. Uh, this was a big one for us, and it was just, it was really, really fun. Um, was was do you, do you? I don't know that you guys would know this, but was what was it like filming in Pasadena? Is that a challenging location to film out at the Rose, uh, the Tormer Rose's house? Or I don't know if you either of you know that answer. I know a little. It wasn't particularly challenging. Um, the house is big um, mm -hmm. and the rooms are large, so it wasn't difficult to get cameras in. What was it like for you, Felice? Uh, what was it like for you, Catherine, um, <laughs> I've shooting there? It, yeah. it was a lovely location and I seemed that we were all very respectful and, uh, and it was a delight. I'm curious for you, Catherine, like you said earlier, you would get these the roles or what you were doing season by season. So you didn't really know it was coming. Um, I don't remember if you're in this season. Oh, this is going to be your arc of the season, I guess, is this this um, because you come in. I think that's episode five. Everything's coming up roses. Um, so how do you get approached about this uh, storyline and what did you think of it initially? I just received a script and uh you know, went from there. Um, and I don't remember whether or not I actually knew where all of this was going until I got the next script. Interesting. So, uh, you know, not being a regular character, being a reoccurring character, you're just 
not in the loop right. as much as everybody else. So, um, no, I think everything was a surprise as it came. Yeah. Do you, do you remember writing some of that, Larry? Or, or, sure. or, you know? Yeah, I mean, because I think the, uh, the key scenes, you know, when the, when the secret's revealed, I think it's an, it's a, it's an offensive uh, interference. It's in that episode. And it's just, before I just, I just want to say one thing about Kathleen. I, I was telling her, because when I first talked to her you know, about her character, I said, the one thing you can always say is you kept Donna virgin all through college. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, whatever you had to do, you did your job. Um, <laughs> so um, now what were we just talking about? No, we were, what we were, we were talking about the writing of the, uh, of the reveal. Oh, the big scene. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the secret, I mean, for us, it was going to be, you know, it's just a chance to really bring them together because they're going to be able to bomb once this, this, this truth gets, gets, uh, it comes to light. Whereas, you know, the, the whole hypocrisy of, of trying to keep Donna virgin just comes out there on the floor and Donna forgives her because basically, you know, as, as we, talk about the episode i mean it comes out that she had to walk out on the pageant so i think we keep that secret pretty good we keep it for a couple of episodes yeah. and then when the reveal happens and 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 donna forgives her and everything it's it's very very moving oh the whole thing the whole thing with it i want to ask Catherine about working with tori and i think this is a good time to ask um does any of this motherly stuff start forming with the two of you or is it just two actors sort of working together we had a really nice relationship. She was uh, always very dear with me and very sweet with me. Um, uh, so it, there was never any any challenge or any you know headbutting or uh, and certainly I was going to defer to her because she you know is the star of the show, right? And I'm going to make her as comfortable as possible and uh, keep our interaction, you know, as, as warm and genuine as, as I could. Yeah, I mean, I think you guys challenged each other, you know, in terms of uh, maybe, I don't know about acting was, but the characters definitely did, right? So I'm curious if that translate, uh, if there's any experience that you have working with her where uh, that translates, you know, with working with Tori. You know, I always felt that Felice was always come from, coming from a place of love with her daughter. So even when we butt heads, um, uh, it, it was never angry or nasty or right. maybe surprising, but uh, never, uh, never uncomfortable in that way. Judgmental, yes, of course, but again, coming from a loving place. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that definitely comes across, even though Felice has an odd way of showing it sometimes. <laughs> well, Felice was a product of her upbringing. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah, she was a product of her upbringing, and she was doing the very best that she could for her daughter, knowing what she knew and and how she grew up. So that was that was very much my take on Felice. I'm curious too, and we'll stick with this Felice stuff for a second. I'm curious to know, um, as the character developed, what did you want to bring to her? What did I want to bring to the character? Yeah, I mean, was it? Did you just were you just kind of going off of what was written, or are you trying to add elements to what you think Felice is? Um, no, I just went with the scripts and kept that underlying 
sensibility mm. at all at all times. So I was informed by what I had uh, created in my head as far as Felice's background and um, what her motivation was at all times with her daughter. You Is nailed there, it. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, really Peter, really came yeah, I know, Peter, I'm thinking, you know, and, and Jessica probably feels this too. When you're writing the character, I mean, we felt like we were in sync with Catherine because you could, we could hear her voice so clearly in our heads that we never questioned that she wasn't going to be able to deliver on these kind of uh, moments and stuff. And so it's, kind of, it's interesting. It's an, un, an untalked about bond between writer and, and actors in that situation. Oh, yeah, nice. it definitely feels that way. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Catherine. Well, you know, I certainly could have uh, chewed the scenery a little bit and, you know, twisted uh, my mustache a little bit, but that was absolutely not my take. And somebody yeah. could have gone there. They could have uh, been the real bad mama, but that was not my take. Um, I'm also curious from an acting perspective, where are you going to to become this person? You know, I mean, the, the times that is are going back when she and and I, I think Jessica, we talked, you were on with us when Donna Martin graduates and all that stuff. You know that that angst or that I guess anger or the just like I'm not going to, you know, I, I this is my my daughter. I cannot let her get away with this or everything that she was going through at the time. Where do you go to to become Felice? Well, that's kind of an acting lesson, I guess, because uh, I can only go to Catherine. I am who I am. And yeah. all, all I need to do is make adjustments, you know, to my world around me to bring me to where I want to go as the character. I know so, a popular question keeps coming up on these on the on the chat and whatnot is how close are you to Felice? Uh <laughs> I don't think very close, actually. As uh, uh, my son was uh, Donna's age, uh, so I was around my own son and his friends. And actually, my daughter-in-law was probably the biggest 90210 fan. Mm. The <laughs> biggest. She had all the 90210 parties. And as a matter of fact, she invited me to the party um, for the final season and the final episode. And it was just a hoot being with all these young girls. And they were thrilled. Wait, so, so you said this was your daughter-in-law, you said? Yes, yeah. yes. So they, she probably has told somebody somewhere in her life, my mother-in-law is Felice Martin. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All of her friends know. All of her friends know. And, and I think they were a little taken aback when they, they met me and saw that I wasn't quite like her. <laughs> right. But, have you ever thrown one of those like little Felice lines just to get her going a little bit? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Here. I didn't. So. No. Um, so uh, I'm curious to both Larry and Jessica, you know, you, you, at first we see all of the girls are going out for this, uh, for the, you know, Valerie's going to try to go out for it and uh, Claire is going to go out for it and all that. So, I mean, obviously this was all meant for Donna, right? I mean, that was just kind of for fun to have the other ones. Sure. All exploring that. Um, and then I just wanted to point this out. Uh, you know, I know we're all talking about um, Donna's uh, experience, but wow, I, I don't have the picture here, but did Claire look incredible in this episode? 
<laughs> and I would just like to, to, to talk to ask Larry because we we're trying to get Claire on the show. You know what I mean? Yes, Kathleen uh, Robertson. I, I think you know we've been we've been hunting her. Um, you know, she's quarantining in Canada. Maybe we send Darren Martin after her. Oh, there, look oh, there at, she look is. at 678. <laughs> 678. Yeah, I mean, I was I was more focused on 678 down this episode. But <laughs> you know, one thing I think we did this, and Jess probably remembers too, is we didn't want to just isolate the storyline. It was just too big. The, the things we wanted to make it, you know. So we we put in the fact that uh, Leslie Summers or Brooke Thies in real life, who used to be the head of the uh, the Alpha Sorority, now has the job as the the tournament head so she got all her former sorority sisters in there so it, it was a way to get everybody at least involved in that and have the big party and stuff and and you know I, it was good everyone dressed the up party was up. fabulous i yeah. was i looking back at these episodes which i haven't seen in a million years big. I, very big and brian austin green was an amazingly good dancer Incredible. it was really it was really fun to watch these yeah. episodes are so good. There's so many other little things happening in these episodes as we're leading to uh, this this Rose Queen episode. Uh, even the the drama where Valerie shows up with um, Colin to the party, right? That that moment when Kelly sees Valerie, it's just in, it's some incredible stuff. So, how are you kind of to the writers? How are you sort of figuring out where the Rose? Uh, the Rose Queen stories are going to fit into all of these other things because there's a lot of moving parts through this season. There's a very big board, and we lay the we lay the episodes out on a big board and try to figure out uh, the highs and lows and um, where things are exciting, where things are funny, where things are happy, and who's in them. Because remember, we're also doing. Uh, double up. We're doing you two guys. episodes at a time for some of this, and I don't remember personally whether we were in double ups, as we call them, for any of this stuff. But I, yeah, I figured, and um, it, that makes it very challenging. So it was a chessboard, but where we begin is with story, and where where what's the balance? Because we were always looking for a balance, and part of the thrill I have to say in watching these episodes was how rich they were so i mean i i have i hats off to larry who wrote a lot of this it was just so full and funny and lively and i mean just think about the contrast between conservative rose bowl and felice and jonesy and valerie as a hooker on sunset boulevard <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just it was unbelievable <laughs> and and and, uh, and really fun to look at in retro yeah. You know, I, I was thinking one thing I don't remember just we doing, but I, you know, when we laid it out, we really stretched the story out because it wasn't in every consecutive episode. Right. Because in a way, one thing our show did was we tried to be true to the calendar when the show was broadcast. If it was October, you know, in your home, it was October in the show. And so we had to stretch it out because eventually we got to get to New Year's Day for the parade. And so that was interesting to me that we were able to sustain the storyline and, and, uh, well, that was one of the you know, gifts of the Rose Bowl. The, ro the whole Tournament of Roses process of how long it took in real life to pick a rose, a rose court and to pick the Rose Queen, that was a gift because in real life it was spread out. And the yeah. Ray Pruitt story yes. and, and Joe all being intertwined with this gave it something of heft. I really think so. Game. I think that uh, I think 
what was it? Fuller, deeper, richer. I think is what Chris. Uh, what Chuck Chris, would write on the script FDR, which would be a little note for Fuller, Fuller, deeper, richer. But he also could write NSG, not so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 um. I got one of those NSGs from uh, from Charles once. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, I have to interject and yeah. say uh, what um, I told you guys before we began. The the tr true unexpected thrill for me in watching these episodes was to see my daughter, who at the time I think maybe was five years old, wow. eight, no, maybe nine. I don't know, however old she was. In one of the episodes, she was playing musical chairs with. Oh yeah. With, oh. When Ray Fruitt was at the <laughs> birthday party, and I think it was in Everything's Coming Up Roses. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I had to stop it and say, I think that's my kid. And I texted her, and I, and I said, I wasn't there when you shot that. She said, No, Daddy took me. So Steve Wasserman found a way to put his kid in there, and uh, I didn't even remember it. You mentioned the Jamie Walters thing, and I want to I want to go there again. I know we've talked about this a couple of times, and you started off this season with the thought process that Jamie Walters was going to be a part of the season moving forward, and then you're told Jamie Walters is not going to be a part of the storyline moving forward for whatever reason um, that we've speculated. Um, but I'm curious to know um, how did you guys come up with? How, all right, how are we going to get rid of him? And now he's going to be in some court case, and he's going to, you know, the, the anger is going to come all the way through. So how did that stuff get written into all of this? Well, we had a kind of contract with him for 32 episodes, which we knew we weren't going to fulfill because we were told to write him out. And even after we had storylines to redeem him and do the, all the things we had hoped, you know, the character would have, you know. But we didn't have that chance, so... We're trying to find a dignified way to exploit him, so to speak, for the plot, you know, to serve the show, so to speak. And uh, one of the ways was we were bringing in Joe, Joe Bradley. And so they were going to set them apart, set them against each other. Um, you know, again, a triangle, the same, you know, thing Jefferson was talking about. You know, this is now, but it's Joe and, and Ray and Donna. And, you know, he's got to make a, an exit that way, but he's going to, we're going to give him a good scene going out. I think he gets a good scene with Brandon, doesn't he, at the end or? Or, yeah, he does. He does, yeah, and he does try kind of to takes his think off, takes his think off a bit. But no, it's just something was uh, we just something we had to do as professionals. We were just asked to do this thing. No one really wanted to do. We we kind of really liked the kid and wanted to, you know, we liked the blue collar aspect. And the other thing we should talk about is Carol. Did we ever have a Carolyn McWilliams, Felice? I mean, uh, Ray's mother and you, uh, Felice, uh, together. Yes. Uh, Ray's mother was played by Carolyn McWilliams. Right. You, yeah. We were, I mean, we uh, were in the court. Court when you pass, yeah. I think, and you give each other steely yeah. looks. But yeah, we probably should have had a whole scene there. I mean, it was just because she was really good. Uh, she's passed on, unfortunately. Uh, but um, right. but uh, yeah, she kind she's of really so uh, this. brought some grit oh, into this thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. The scene um, with the psychologist was, that was all, the psychologist storyline was going to be much, much bigger. And that was uh, looking back frankly, with the, with the hindsight of, you know what, allowing Tori to stay involved with someone who had abused her was probably not the best idea in the world. Not and so have, having set it up, I mean, I, I've said this before, we learned from this experience yeah. as writers, yeah. it's sort of irredeemable. And yeah. um, when the, the psychologist says, he'll do better without you, in his therapy, 
that was that was uh, a message. I was sad looking uh, at the at the at the story play out that we gave the character of Donna so much shame about it. It's very real, um, but it it felt I felt bad that she. Uh, continued her shame and then spoke about it finally understand. But her mother, thank you again, Catherine, um, was part of her recovery. So yeah. your embracing of her was very valuable to her as a character. And Catherine, do you remember doing these scenes with um with Tori uh for these episodes? Or does it when you watch back these episodes, I'm sure you haven't seen them in a long time, maybe since they aired. Um, do you recall like does it put you back in the moment into that room or into those scenes? Sure, sure. Well, Tori, Tori's uh, my experience with her, she's a very gentle spirit. So I I could kind of see her carrying that kind of shame for a while, um, if she's ever experienced that, which I kind of doubt, but she is a very gentle spirit. So I think that very much came across about her as her character. So it was very, very easy for me to embrace her. Yeah. Very easy. There's a scene here where Brandon sort of tells Ray also in the, one of these episodes, like that he's sort of victim blaming, you know, the more that he puts uh, Donna's character or Tori's character, Donna, through this, she's still taking the blame of this issue. I mean, you guys are so ahead of your time. Does it sometimes surprise you to hear things pop up like this, which is such a big issue in our society today, to hear like Brandon talk that way? Is that surprising for you, Jessica? It was surprising, but it was also, I was really uh, amazed at how effective it was in terms of storytelling to give the the power to the lead of the show to say to have to use his character to say to Ray be a good guy was it really helped continue our our use of Brandon as the emotional well quarterback said. for all of these people the, the the true center of it and I and I I, I was really thrilled at you're right looking at um, I was thrilled that we had a black rose queen. I was, I was I was thrilled with the uh, with the diversity of the Rose Court. I was, which uh, was unusual, and I was uh, pleased with the with Susan's with Susan's. That's what I was going to say. And feminist. I mean, we yeah, I mean, we, we had it all out there. I mean, you know, we had, she really carried the water on that that whole that whole stuff is so contemporary. I mean, being critical of the Rose Queen at that time is like thirty years ago. It so yeah, we were right. That, 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 she was a she was a very contemporary character. Um, yeah, and she really gives Brandon. It's 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 pretty interesting watching the two of them together. We're actually going to have uh, uh, Emma Caulfield on the show. We're, we're working okay. on a Susan Keats episode. Yeah. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on that, Larry, but yeah. <laughs> but we are working yeah. on that. We're just trying yeah. to get the the date scheduled. I'm going to start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love seeing Brandon using a laptop in the courtroom. Yeah, that was like so it ahead of its time. Except he had to go to the the payphone to call Susan <laughs> and read her the story because there was no, he couldn't email he it. He couldn't deliver it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, yeah, but uh, I'm curious. Uh, I was looking here that uh, 
you know, this is Donna's dream and all of this stuff. There's some of that being said early on in the episode. Um, so how did you kind of, you guys sort of develop this dream for Donna to be in this, uh, this Rose, the Rose Queen thing? I think she I thinks think she's, it's going to be please, please. I think she really thinks it's something that her mother's going to really approve of. And that's the whole crux of it. When that first scene, when she's there, she says, really? And, and you just own that scene. Cause we've right. all seen it now a couple of times. And, and the people she's using it in the clips uh, to promo the show, you kind of do this turn and kind of, you just own this moment. And, for some reason, you're even bitchier than usual. So we know something's going on. <laughs> I don't know that's, that the that's judgmental have, thing. I don't know that the Martins have ever had a, a lunch or a dinner plan workout. Like there's always <laughs> <laughs> there always seems to be chaos between uh, Donna <laughs> and Felice. What about the earthquake stuff? I'm sure about oh, that curious, was great. I'm curious about all of that. That's another big piece of this puzzle. Um, how did you guys decide to write for an earthquake? The fact that we hadn't until this point is just amazing. It's LA. It's LA. You have to write an earthquake. And it's and it was so much fun to see. And I loved seeing the New Yorker Colin uh the Colin the New Yorker scared. That was just really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was good stuff. Larry, do you remember any of that? Do you have an opinion on that? Yeah, because again, again, you know, we tried to capture the essence of living in in, in LA. I mean, we had Santa Ana winds, we had uh, grunion runs. You had, uh, you know, in the, in the season I was there, they had the half court shot in the Laker game. Uh, but that was always part of the fun and the challenge. If we can, we could do something big like that. And, I'm, I'm curious what Darren's thinking about some of the episodes when you saw the, because uh, you're being from Canada, seeing the, some of the the, uh, the Rose Sports stuff. What, what did you think of that stuff? I mean, it must be like well, you see it every New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Yeah. No, I, I guess as a, as a dude, other than watching 90210, I wasn't watching like the Rose Bowl Parade. <laughs> is, 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 it like, is it like a football thing? I don't even know. <laughs> So um, it's, it's a big it's, parade, like a Christmas parade almost, except okay. it's it's not Christmas. It's New Year's Day. And people have said that it is partly responsible for the immigration to Los Angeles because it's always a beautiful day. And it's January 1st and it's cold everywhere else, but it precedes the Rose Bowl football game. So it goes on at nine o'clock in the morning. And I think the football game is it. Noon, one, two, something yeah. like that. What about Lily? And, and all the floats are made of roses. All the floats are made of roses. That's the made of flowers. Right. Same question for flowers. Lily. Same question for Lily. Did you know what all of that was? You're from Connecticut, right? Well, not until I saw it on the show. And yeah. then, yeah. then after I seen it on the show, I would catch it on you know cable television in the morning and I'd watch a little bit. Nice. I want to also point out how great Tori is in these episodes. There's yeah. some really... Um, incredible stuff that she does. I also want to point out that I think Tori is incredible throughout the whole series. So that's just the, that's a, you know, you, it's what's I think fun for fans is you. She grew. You, you she, see I was Tori. just going to say the same thing. She grew I, a I was lot. Just say as that. An like actress. You can see yeah. the growth and the development as an actor over all of the seasons. And by the time she gets into six, she owns this character and to see her sort of doing some of this stuff, the speeches that she gave the board and whatnot. I'm just blown away by some of her performance, how she utilizes Ray's uh, attacks on her in the speech and all that. Obviously, that's you guys writing it, but her delivery of that stuff. When you see something like that, Jessica, you know, or who I don't know which one of you kind of wrote that dialogue, the speech dialogue. What are you are you guys blown away like we are watching it? 
I was really blown away because frankly, you know, no matter whose name is on the script, at some point it passed my desk because I was the executive producer at that time. And uh, some of those words I remember vividly, but I don't think I wrote them. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was back to Donna. I, I think part of the chemistry was writing Donna's growth, but also you have to realize I was so young when this show started that to be able to watch her grow up as a person was part of the thrill. Mm -hmm. And to be able to see her getting stronger as a, as a woman, a young woman on the show, at the same time she was getting stronger as an actress, is really a beautiful blend of character and actor. It, it yeah. I think even today, when you see Tori, she's still impressively growing, and she's still a very, uh, like, she's still impressive in the work that she does, you know? And I'll let Darren plug that thing that she's doing at the at the end of this so people don't leave here and Before go. Before he does that, I just want to say one thing about Tori, <laughs> which I really always remember, and I'm going to go turn on it. Like, into the seventh season, where everyone was kind of getting tired, we have done almost four years of double-ups, every time a script was published, and I happened to be in that room when the thing was delivered, Tori would pick up the script with enthusiasm. And that always just, I said, thank God, someone still got it. So <laughs> great. I, I remember saying, describing Tori as being game. Mm. We could put her in the biggest dress or give her the silliest role or the deepest role, and she would completely dive in and commit. And it was that was a great thing, as, especially as Larry said. After so many years, she could have just started phoning it in, but she never did. You look at the scene, and I'm going to ask Catherine about it, where she talks, we talked about Ray, and she tells uh, Felice and Dr. Martin that, you know, that Ray had been abusing her or whatever. The work that she does in there is it's just, it's unbelievable that this is, you know, coming out of her. Uh, Catherine, do you remember those scenes with her? Yes, and seeing it again, I was really, um, it was remarkable how simple she really worked with all of that. She kept it a lot inside and she trusted what she was thinking and what she was feeling. So uh, that again was the maturity of her, you know, as, as an actress, she was becoming much more secure with herself. Um, yeah. And I thought she did a wonderful job. When I they, was touched by the Darren is just plug, we, we, have, we need to plug Tori's show. Oh, yeah, Darren. Go ahead, Darren, yeah. What, what is we the thing, Tori, that, the thing that Tori we're is on? on. Yeah. Now, don't do this right yeah. now. But at the end of this episode, okay. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you can, say, exactly. you can say it, but to the audience members that are watching this, they have to go watch something on YouTube, right? Right. So Tori's on a uh, show on TBS right now. It's a reality competition show called Celebrity Show Off. So it, it's voted on by youtube views likes and comments so if you go to tori spelling's uh, instagram page and go to her biography section there's there'll be a little link to watch this week's video and if you watch the whole video in its entirety which is like a five minute video it counts as a certain amount of points for her and if you like it you she gets an extra point and if you comment you get another point so as many points as we can get her to go forward to the to the next round the better because right now i think when i logged in she was in third place out of five and i know well, that she's 
Who else who is there? Who else is in it? Um, uh, there's like Niecy Nash. There's Kevin Smith, the oh. guy from Jay and Silent Bob. Um, Tori, somebody, and two people that are kind of like millennials that I, I don't know exactly who they are, truthfully, because I'm 40 years old. Um, but if you do go to, <laughs> but if you do go to, to her, uh, her Instagram page and watch, I know it. If yeah. you go to her YouTube page and watch the entire video for the whole five minutes, like it and comment, it would definitely help her out quite a bit. And this week's episode is actually by far my favorite one. She does like a, a, a horror movie spoof, like That's making so fun of all the horror movies. Yeah. And all five of her kids actually play different roles in it. And it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. She's she's <laughs> incredible. So she's just And for anyone that she does is. not have Instagram, you can find the links on her Facebook page or in the groups for anyone that doesn't have Instagram. Yes. So go go do that for Tori and, and share the love and help her with that. Um I'm curious from Catherine, I don't know if I asked you this already, but how did you get told when you, you said you picked up the scripts and then you get told this storyline about uh, the miscarriage and that you were pregnant and, and then you get told the twist. What is your thoughts on that? Being that I feel like for you, you've developed, you have six seasons to develop a character and you didn't have this information, right? Um, I, you know, frankly, I don't remember how much, how much I knew and when I knew it. Yeah. But do, when you did receive this and you find this out, do you recall mm -hmm. that moment and what you think of what you thought of that being for, for Lisa's character? Uh, I was thankful that I was chosen to be her mother because there was, because there was so many interesting things that came up. Um, uh, just, just grateful for the uh, for the crisis, <laughs> so that I had something fun to to play with. I'm curious, and it added into the virginity story, obviously, which was the long game in this because and. Jessica knows this. I mean, how many times did we go upstairs and say, can we do it now? Can we finally have our loser virginity? And they go, no, not yet. Not yet. And then we go up again. What do you think? This year? No. And they go, no, not yet. And then finally, the last year, Kyle, she said, yeah. And I remember seeing him. I said, should we go to the uh, the priest first? Like, you know, because she's Catholic. He went, nah, just do it. I remember saying to him, maybe we should send her and David to Mexico and they get married by a priest who turns out to be fake. But at least they believe that it was that it's oh, real. So then in her oh mind, and the boss said, no, 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 no. You don't know that. Well, the, the endearing thing was because was, Donna wasn't just a character to him. It was his daughter. So he got a chance to control the Donna character when he couldn't really control his real daughter, sort of. I mean. I'm also curious on that note, Jessica. We, I think we talked about this on the Donna Martin Graduates episode, but um, was was any of Felice's stuff written from Candy, or is it just a totally different uh, character or an experience? It wasn't written from Candy, but there were elements that came in because Candy and Aaron confided. I don't know why in me and Steve at one point. When they when when they're they were having problems with some of Donna's boy uh, of Tori's boyfriends, they'd call us over to the manor, and we'd sit with them in the den or on the porch as if that was a porch like a regular person's porch, <laughs> and they would talk to us about what should we do about ex boyfriend or y boyfriend. So we had a little of that in the sense when. Um, when I, when I saw that episode and Ray came on the boat 
and I saw the parents, you know, looking at him and he had to uh, behave well. And then you talked about Palm Springs and how, and you said, Catherine, how he seemed so nice with daddy. Mm -hmm. And, it, and uh, it had to have informed us as we were writing stuff that we had talked to the real mom about the real daughter, but she was not, I don't, I didn't get the feeling in any of that, that she was that judgmental. I didn't get that. I got, and I didn't get that they were controlling. I got, they were really concerned parents mm -hmm. and um, that may have seeped in as well, because certainly Donna's parents were loving parents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Tori. Yeah, that's well, interesting. Yeah, that's a prescient storyline. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, I'm curious for Catherine though. Did you ever uh, look at Candy as an influence for the character, or did you just come at this your own? I mean, did you have any kind of connection with Candy at all? No, I really didn't. Uh, uh, I think I got some hints about their relationship, but I. I think I went mostly by my own relationship with my own mother <laughs> and I was really informed in that way because um, my mother was a, a lot like Felice. Where did you grow up, uh, Catherine? I grew up in, uh, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, but I was brought up mainly down in, yeah, but I was uh, brought up mainly down in Laguna Beach. Oh, there you go. Actually, yeah. someone asked so, about that. Doggy, okay, um, one of the fan questions, they said that they, uh, is our Instagram follower, Plant Junkie 365 they read on Wikipedia that you grew up in Laguna Beach, and it's one of her favorite places. Mm -hmm. She wanted to know if this is true, and what was it like growing up there, and did you go to high school in Laguna Beach? I went to high school in Laguna Beach. It was a spectacular place to grow up. It was so small town. I am in touch with a lot of my high school classmates and we, we have a Facebook site that is uh, you're a Laguna native if, and we <laughs> share things all the time and how, how wonderful those days were because we were just free and easy and at the beach and just be home before it's dark. And, you know, if anybody messed up, there was somebody there to, step in and help them out and maybe get them home or whatever was necessary. But it was, it was a spectacular place to grow up and a spectacular time to grow up. I, I wish my kids and my grandkids had that now. Jessica, you mentioned before that Lisa wins this, uh, this competition, the Rose Queen. Was there ever a thought of having Donna win it or was it always uh, to have someone for her to come in second place? I, I don't. I believe no. that we knew from the get go that she was not going to win. Yeah, Larry, no. do you have any? Yeah, we, we were. I think we not thought it was. Win. It was she already was realism. Yeah. Right. We thought that was yeah. enough, and it, and mm -hmm. um, and it was truer to the to the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean the moments where she speaks before the board, though, I, I, I those that really worked out well, and uh, yeah, that was good stuff. Now, is the board any? Is there any board members really on that board, or are those just actors? No, those were all I, actors. You never know, right? Well, <laughs> you know what? I'm saying that as if I know, but right. I, I, I'm pretty sure they were real. Yeah. That they were actors. Yeah, that's what I think. They were also you know, diverse, and I don't think in real life they make that they had that level of diversity. Yeah. 
that really comes from Paul Wagner. I mean, he's the guy who really did so much of that and really pushed those, those things. And he was a, a very dear man who would obviously be here with us if he was here. Now, you shoot the Turn Back the Clock episode, which you can't find on Hulu, but we all watched. I was so glad to watch it. <laughs> I was so glad. <laughs> um, but I'm curious, did you so did you shoot at the, the Rose Parade? Is that Or was that all kind of just, you know, outside stuff? I think it was, a, it was a mixture of stuff. The cool thing was we also cast Sam Rubin. Remember that? I remember Steve well, being you know so why? excited. I worked yeah. with Sam Rubin back before 90210. And before I was a television writer, I had a stint in journalism. And Sam was my partner. And so I just had to call Sammy and say, I want to do this. And of course he did. Yeah. And um, it was there was another great moment uh, in one of the episodes I, when they had the party the Rose party and we brought back the photographer to take <laughs> pictures. And that was my friend Lou, Lou and Lou who had played the Lou DiMaggio who had played the photographer in the high school thing. And it was just so great to see, have the dialogue of Brandon riffing with him about photographer at our prom. But yeah, that, I, I think that I think, and I, I don't remember Larry, maybe you remember, but I think all that was faked. It was yeah. all fake. It was yeah. all fake. It was, it was. I was going to say, well, should we take credit for it? No, we didn't. We, we, we had stock footage and then we created this VIP section, you know, which they were all cheering from. And, and then we had the float floating by and, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of, you know, we kind of I made thought, it work. I I mean, it, you know, it, it, it worked. Yeah. I've asked a question and you may remember this. What was the business of having the Canada flag in the VIP section or... I'll tell you why. And this is something that I wasn't very happy with, which was the director who was Canadian, this gentleman, Graham Lynch, and he kind of, that was his joke. I, you know, which, you know. I thought it was a tribute to Darren, to Darren Martin. No, well, uh, we could interpret it that way. We could interpret But yes, uh, that was, yeah, that was it. But uh, I have to say, uh, I have to unfortunately take credit for the bird, the whole bird run. This one for episode. You liked it? Okay, thank God. I went, oh I my God, it. I can't believe I did this one joke and I've played over three episodes. You really did. <laughs> but I, I did love so the fact funny. that they were stuck in the tree for New Year's Eve. That that to me seemed real because everyone who's had New Year's Eve, it always ends up terrible. It never and goes Joe right. Says, when Joe says at the end, do you know how many hours I spent training that bird to say <laughs> that? <laughs> being very kind about it but i'm just so curious where where did this bird thing come to you with did this happen? it's like a, it's like a bad joke it's a bad joke the guy trains the bird i love you so and so and then the bird always says it and he keeps saying the bird doesn't walk damn bird he doesn't learn anything damn bird and all the bird learns is damn bird i mean it's just an old <laughs> joke basically which i stretched out stretched out to like three episodes because i think it happens on christmas he loses the bird then or i can't yeah. remember it, 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 it's crazy i don't hate it you know, oh, it, I know it's a Christmas present. It's a Christmas present. It makes, the Joe, first reveal. it makes Joe Bradley a very endearing character. You know, Joe Bradley is another guy we have not been able to get on the show. He has resisted me, Catherine. I might have to enlist you. But Joe Bradley, I've tried through his agent. I've tried through personal friends who played hockey with him. You know, nice. there's a hockey brotherhood. Yeah. But uh, for some reason, Cameron Bancroft, the Canadian Darren, uh, is not uh, answering the call. Okay, so after we get Kathleen on, because I can only do one at a time here with this kind of push, then Cameron. <laughs> you wanted to ask I have so many wings, house, or 
Yeah. Do I detect that you have a little thing on Kathleen? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it was my teenage crush growing up. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think she's a phenomenal actor as well. And I think it would be fun to have her in this, in this setting to sort of, you know, d- dive into all of this, uh, all this and stuff. She's Canadian too. Larry, I want yeah, to, the episode with, um, where, you know, where Steve is giving the big speech in front of the, the, the crowd and all that stuff. It looks like he's on a green screen. No. Is it? No, it, no, is no, it, no, is it, no, it's fair. That's a no, you know, probably shot on location. Video screen makes him look like he's on the green screen. No, no he was no, real. He's there. Okay. Yeah, that was the uh, the whole. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> All right, Lily. What else? What what kind of questions you got? I know there's a ton of for Catherine, so I was holding off on that. I do. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um. So several of our viewers would like to know. If you had any particular favorite or least favorite storylines uh, for your character, uh, well, the Bellage Hotel. Yeah, that was that was interesting. That was that was definitely a good story. Um, uh, and my husband dying mm. uh, certainly gave me some nice things to do. Um, gosh, they were all. Wonderful. I, Larry, Jessica, you guys amaze me with what you did over all that time and all those stories. Really extraordinary. I mean, your character is strong, you know. Um, was there anything that you got that you said, mm, I don't know about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is a tough one. Uh, there, th- there were a couple of uh, uh, episodes or there was one situation around Christmas that at, at the at uh, the Silver household, I believe it was, and there were some comments made that were a little difficult for me to to find my way around. It was uh, Felice was being a little anti-Semitic. I was just going to say, was she being a little anti-Semitic? Yeah. Yes, and um, I it. It concerned me that she was going to come off stupid more than um, more than anti-Semitic. So uh, I had to discuss that a good bit with the director, and, and I was able to come around to it and deliver the dialogue in such a way that I kind of just threw it off, and mm-hmm. it just came off, I think, more obtuse than anti-Semitic. Do you remember I, this, Jess, or is it after us? Maybe? I don't. I think it must be after us. Yeah. No, I think. it I probably okay. no, was not. not after us. It was. It could have been before you, Larry, but because mm-hmm. the silver, I, I'm not sure that the, the silver, silver household. Okay, hold on. The silvers, it would have been when, it Blair, been when it? Kelly's mom was married to David's dad. No. Darren, yes. Darren or Lily, do you know? I think it's senior year that this happens. So, do you guys have any recollection? Then Jessica should remember. Yeah, I think it must have been around the time before prom, and it must have been this the Christmas. Oh, yeah, before. maybe it was Donna Martin graduates. Maybe no, no, no. That was in June. But I'm this, if oh, it was yeah, Christmas right. time, if it was, if it was around that time. And listen, um, since since so many Jews were writing the show, we probably thought we could give ourselves permission to do it gracefully. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And thank you for helping us more graceful than it might have been uh, by talking to the director. Yeah. Now I have yeah. to say, 
Uh, one Narrow of the, says it showed that you cared about your character and wanted the best for her. She was a great yeah. protector of her own character, as mm -hmm. uh, as our recurring and um, main characters were. You knew them better than anybody else. You, uh, we relied on you to do stuff. Thank God you did. Oh, thank you. Uh, Terry is saying it was when Mel and Jackie got back together. So okay. thank you for the clarification on that. Yes. Very good. Right, what else you got? So actually, um, Catherine, we have uh, one of our, our viewers, Daylin Van Eck. She's 16 years old and from the Netherlands. She's been a member of my group for a while. And her favorite character is 100% Felice Martin. And wow. she's a huge fan of you herself. Um, she says her, her family members tell her she's just like Felice. I mean, she dresses like you. I, I've seen pictures of like coats that she's purchased <laughs> like Felice Martin. And her question was actually, what was the hardest episode for you to film? But Pete kind of went there already. So if mm -hmm. you could just give her a shout out, I mean, that would make her year. <laughs> oh, well, shout, shout. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Lily, what's awesome. her name? Damon. Dalen, I think. Dalen Bennett. Dalen. Look out. She's a happy girl. 16 so there years is. old from the Netherlands. Wow. Hi, Dalen. That's awesome. Yes. That's hi. very cool. Yeah. Uh, what else you yeah. got? She's so sweet. Um, so, several of our viewers have also asked were you asked to appear in last year's reboot? No. <laughs> no, there there were some there were some folks around that uh, that knew some folks around, and they they very much wanted to push for that for me, and I said, well, thank you very much, but please don't push. If if they want me, they'll call me. Yeah, and if they would have done more shows, they would have. Definitely, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. What else you got, Lily? So. Uh, one of our viewers, Lori Ebersol, Lori Ebersol, she wants to know, uh, was there a relationship that you had with the rest of the class? Were you particularly, particularly closer to Tori more so than others? Um, did, was there anyone that you had a connection with? Uh, well, early on, uh, um, these guys were so young and here I was coming in the mature actress so there wasn't much relationship in the very beginning. It, it took a while to grow. And I think the, the guys, for the most part, became um, uh, more interested in kind of poking at me a little bit and seeing who I really was. And um, they found out that I had kind of a nice sense of humor. And so we goofed around a lot. We goofed at each other. And Brian was always darling to me. He was always so sweet with me, always gave me a hug when I came on the set. Um, Dylan was always great. They were very respectful, but they liked to, to mess with me a little bit. And that was great. I loved it. <laughs> Catherine, I wanted to ask you about that. You mentioned Dylan. Is there any story, a Luke story um, that you remember that you want to share that maybe touched you about him. Uh, we love sharing the love about Luke here on the show. Just what a genuine guy, what a genuine classy young man. He always was. And I've heard so many stories about what a, a wonderful heart he had. And I certainly saw that. I mean, that was just way too young, way too soon. Yeah. He's going to be, 
going to be missed terribly. Awful. He had a he had a lot more to do. Darn it. Yes, and such an incredible talent. I think we talk about that all the time here. Uh, Lily, what else you got? Uh, for Catherine, Melinda Berg would like to know, given the episode we're discussing is everything is coming up roses, have you ever competed, competed in a beauty pageant? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> and I was devastated when I wasn't in the homecoming queen court in high school. Just <laughs> devastated. <laughs> this is a good one from the, from the crowd. Last week we had um, Alan Toy on here. Um, who played Professor Finley, and he told a story that he was not invited to uh, Jenny Garth's <laughs> Christmas party. <laughs> he was very upset about that. It used it for his character. Um, and so someone wants to know if you were invited to Jenny's uh, Christmas party. <laughs> no, but I was invited to her baby shower. Well, there you go. Okay. And, and that was uh, really lovely. Yes. Which um, one? The one that was at my house? The, was that at your house? Was that the very first one? Was at your house? The very first baby? That, yeah. That's that's the one. Well, that's the it one. was really fun. <laughs> it was very fun. If very Alan fun. Point, I was very home, touched that I was invited. Another party he wasn't invited to. <laughs> <laughs> I can kind of understand that one. Yeah. And Molly Campbell, who has been a guest on this show, yeah, uh, helped. Uh, do the part, the decoration of the baby shower in my back for in my backyard. Yes, that's so cool. That's yeah, awesome. lovely. Darren, do you have a question for Catherine? Darren has I two. Um, I have them here. Oh, let let, let, let Darren. Okay. He's right here. Let him. Yeah. In. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or Lily, you can go ahead. I'm kidding. I'll do it. No, you can <laughs> you don't, go ahead. Do you not remember the question? <laughs> it, no, I, I you totally remember. I just no, I get flabbergasted when I when I just think about talking to Catherine Cannon. Uh, oh, my, my, me too. Me too. Talking to you. Believe me. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you. Um, one of the questions was: I know you worked with Shannon Doherty on Father Murphy, and yes. I was wondering if you had any. Um, any remembrance of that and oh, what Shannon yes. was like? Very much so. That was Shannon's very first job. Uh, she must have been eight, nine, ten. So this was before she did Little House. And um, wow, it was very clear that she wanted to have a career as an actress, even at that age. Very clear. She was very out front, very chatty, very schmoozy, um, <laughs> very energetic, and she loved being there. And your your super. I thought it was cool. Oh, Daylin says Father Murphy for life. That's <laughs> <laughs> hook you up, Daylin. Yeah. Well, uh, I, also that uh, Catherine's husband also would have worked with uh, Shannon too. I think because didn't uh, yes. Dean played Almanzo, as I remember, in Little, on Little House. House. Yeah. yeah. Yes, so I'm sure he has some stories, too. Chase but. says we need to get Shannon on the show. Uh, Chase, hit her up on Instagram. Tell her to come on. Yeah. Uh, Lily, what else do you Do you have another question, Darren? He does. Go, go yeah. For it. I, I had one more. Um, I was just wondering what you thought when your niece, uh, Jennifer Grant, joined the cast as Celeste. Hello? <laughs> oh. uh, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I think that one's got me. Do you remember? Oh, wasn't your niece? Uh, so Felice's Jennifer niece. Grant, wasn't she? 
No, he, no, I meant like Catherine your, your real life niece. Life nice. Jennifer. Is Jennifer Gar is Jennifer Grant your real life niece? Her mother was no. Diane Cannon. I don't think they're related. No, 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 no. We're not related. Uh, Diane no. and I are not related. Oh, wow. All right. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, I read, okay, on, I I read on Wikipedia that you guys were sisters. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, fake news. That's from the Jewish side of the Cannon family. Wow. Wow. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow! One in, one in, one in. Wow! Yeah. Uh, well, you can't a really fashion show together once. That's yeah. about it. Wow! Um, so and funny. somebody says yeah. here that uh, Dean Butler—they gave Dean Butler an exclamation point there. So there you go, Stephanie. Yes, big fan. Okay, Lily, what else you got? All right. So Mary B. She's wondering what what moments were like after the camera stops rolling, and she wants to know after you film a scene where you were either yelling at Donna or bullying Ray, would you guys immediately just burst out laughing, or was it too tense because you were so in character? That's a good question. That is a good question, and you know, I think most of the time we try to stay as much in character as we can, but uh, you know, hopefully we're good enough. To where if something happens that we break out laughing, uh, we can get right back into character again. So, uh, awesome. Well, you know, another note about Ray, there's that great scene where at the beginning of this Rose Princess stuff where Ray and Donna share a dance, right? And Ray expresses to Donna how much he believes in her and knows that she's going to be the, re the Rose Queen. And there's such a beautiful, tender moment with Ray. And that's sort of before the shitstorm that's about to, you know, pop pop off in his world. Um, and I was curious. So did you, you guys definitely knew at the beginning of the season that Jamie was gone or was there? Yeah. Well, I mean, don't forget. I mean, when I say beginning of the season, we started working right after Memorial Day on these scripts. And we probably worked for like three, three months or two months to get ahead because we start shooting in probably July, July. So we had, we'd have about a month, two months to get ahead. And, and just as we got ahead with the whole thing, he got called upstairs to tell us that this character and all the stories are going to change. Mm. And so, yeah, we, we, wow. we, we had already written stuff, but then we had to go back and kind of adjust it. So we kind of give him his exit. Yeah, I mean, because bad day. I remember I, I had to go and then tell me he was he was let go. I mean, it was it was no. bad. What was that experience like, Larry? It was terrible, terrible. I mean, they had just signed him for a million dollars. Wow. So I mean, we're going to try to get. We're going to like again. We're going to exploit him and use him in the storyline, but he's not going to go anywhere. We're going to. He's going to take one for the team, so to speak, because you know he's going to become the bad guy. We, you know, again, we made a terrible mistake, as Jessica was pointing out. We just. We thought we could redeem him, and we just said sometimes you just can't do that. We just said we were too naive at that point. Because there are, because I know that you guys wrote this this bad guy thing, but there are some beautiful moments, and I guess that what makes what the character Ray Pruitt so interesting and intriguing and complex. Because there's all these beautiful moments, sort of with Ray, you know, when him and Donna are getting along, it is that beautiful relationship. So you wrote that very beautifully, that sort of abusive relationship, because the the good is so good. With them well, nobody stays with an abuser, and at least in the beginning, who doesn't have some uh, ways of charming them. It's part of the syndrome, mm -hmm. and uh, it's what sucks you in. It's I mean, we researched that. I mean, you know, we, we did our homework on that, and you know, we, we were trying to really you know, be true to that. Interestingly, um, uh, Carol Potter uh, has an, 
her psychology degree is in, includes a lot of work with uh, the abused women um, community. Mm. And she, uh, she was, even at that time, she was involved in, I forget the name of the organization that we got, and she helped us with them mm. to do some of the research. Uh, there's a couple of good questions on this topic here. Uh, Larry, Alicia wants to know, what was Jamie's reaction to that conversation? It's just like, you know, just speechless. I mean, just, I think he probably had a sense that he was, you know, getting a lot of people seeing him in the streets going, yeah, he wanted you to do that to Donna. You know, people, you know, they come, come at you and stuff. And, uh, and that's what really precipitated it because, you know, Mr. Spelling had gotten a bunch of letters saying that how could Donna be so stupid to be with this guy? And it offended him as a, a father of this fictional character that she could be perceived as stupid, unfortunately. Yeah. So we, we kind of hung him out to dry. But, I mean, he didn't, you know, what could he say? I mean, I'm sure he's counting the thing in his head. I mean, he knew he had some money, which was, you know, that's the only, the only good thing was I knew we weren't, they weren't going to, they weren't going to steal his money or try to, you know, say all episodes produced or something. So right. there was that. But at the same time, you know, we, we use him throughout the show, throughout that season a little bit, because we, we we bought him for 32 episodes. So we, yeah. we kind of, I think he gets involved with Valerie after this and, you know, we kind of stretch it out a little bit. Um, and then Val wants to know, how did you plan to redeem him? And I know you guys have kind of talked about that a little bit here. We plan to send him to therapy. We plan to have Donna go. We plan to have him uh, work really hard and become a better person. Yeah. I mean, so and the mother, too. I mean, you know, because we had this crazy mother. You could see why he'd be so angry with this mother who was so bitter and just, you know, so low life. Mm. You know, we had him in, remember Jessica? We had him in the we had him in the pumpkin patch and some of the Christmas trees. I mean, it was, I mean, Felice just thought this guy was... What is he doing with my daughter? I mean, that was just a nightmare. So we, we did love that stuff. And so she You're came up right. with a $10,000 check. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. She tried to buy him off in the pumpkin patch. That People was fantastic. About that. Those were good stuff. I mean, pumpkin and then we had the whole thing where, at, where he shows up. We made Ray go to the the keg uh, alpha thing in Palm Springs, which you just know is right. going to go terrible. <laughs> and that was the end of his character. <laughs> Um, yeah, people are asking about that, uh, for, I must have said for Felice, for Catherine, what did you think of the whole $10,000 buy-off of Ray storyline? Again, protecting my daughter. <laughs> That's all I can say. This guy is, you know, not good for her. Um, he's got to go. So hopefully he'll take 10000 and leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also curious, somebody asked about this, about, or you mentioned about Jamie getting some rough stuff with, you know, why are you doing this to Donna? Did you ever get any of that, Catherine, where people were confused about what you were doing to Donna versus what the police was doing to Donna? Did you ever run into any of that? No, I, I, I wasn't a, a huge part of the, of the uh, abuse until she told me that it was going on. I mean, from uh, from the the history of being Felice with with Donna, was there ever a storyline where people said to you, "I don't know why you're being so mean to Donna" or anything? Oh, uh, I, I I definitely felt that people were loving to hate me. Um, <laughs> we but, just loved uh, you. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, I was the the villain. I was the one that uh, that. Uh, was always goofing up so that my daughter could look so wonderful. Right. You know, I mean, that was my purpose is to keep her looking smart and sensitive and intuitive and 
um, you know, the good girl that she that she was. Yeah. Virgin through college. Uh, well, you know, parents are always hypocritical. I mean, people, parents are always do as I as I say. Yes. Yes. Well, think about the Bellage yeah. Hotel, which preceded yes. all this. Yes. She was yeah. still she was still trying. <laughs> Lily, what else do you have? So for Catherine, did you have a favorite uh, of Donna's boyfriends? Which one was your favorite? David, John? Oh, David, Are you asking Felice Felice this question? No, it was a question for Catherine. Okay, yeah. Well, none of of them were ever going to be good enough, of course, (laughs) as Felice. But but as Catherine, David was was great. That had to come back around. He was just too terrific. Uh, Lily, any more? Uh, one more. Cool. Alicia Bogner, she wanted to know if there was if, if there was something particularly that you wanted to do as your character. Was there ever a storyline that you wanted, or I just wanted more storyline. <laughs> <laughs> just give me more to do. Um, I want to ask you, and then Lily brought this up to my attention, but this is after you guys, so after Larry and Jessica. So I'm going to ask you about it anyway, though. Doing the storyline with Gina, Gina Kincaid and Donna, they become sisters. Um, right. and, and that's in post you guys. Sorry, guys, that happened. Uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't recognize that. We don't know. <laughs> Any of about. <laughs> what was your thoughts on, on doing that? Uh, it, it certainly... Uh, certainly gave me more to do (laughs) (laughs) and uh, Vanessa was was lovely Um, I enjoyed working with her Uh, as far as the dynamic uh, I just went with it yeah definitely uh, that was the question Lily basically essentially was that was that was that it and piggyback off of that did you think the storyline was harsh what was it like working with Vanessa yeah yeah, Vanessa was was very nice, uh, very nice. Um, I I don't know what to say. I really don't. <laughs> as right. far as that storyline, it it was a little out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But you, you but, just go and with Larry well. and Jessica, you have absolutely nothing to do with that. So nothing, I don't even nothing, know what I have you're no idea. About. <laughs> no, no, no. I dropped the ball there. Yes. Um, okay, I want to show you what's going. What we're I'm going to do a promo for next week's show. Okay, and then I'm going to come back and say some nice things. And okay, so this is next week's show. Next up on the Beverly Hills 90210 show, along with Pete and Lily, Charles Rosen, we're having a meeting here, and Larry Mullen are reuniting the crew to discuss double ups. The triathletes of television are getting back together to talk about how they filmed Rock of Ages and Up in Flames at the same time. Kelly and Allison almost burned in a house fire. You have to stay calm. Larry Mullen throws Ray Pruitt off the stage. Hey, man, what are you doing? And the Rolling Stones rock Beverly Hills. Joining in the discussion will be script supervisor Diana Valentine, art director Drew Kinney, and Sarah Melson, a.k.a. Allison Lass. So, start me up and come get some satisfaction with the Stones. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Beverly Hills 90210 Show and watch it all play out live Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at Beverly Hills 90210show.com. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
that's pretty good, Pete. <laughs> I can't wait to watch. That yeah, looks great. Yeah, that's we have hilarious. David Semmel. I think um, Molly will be on, I think, I'm, I'm thinking, too. You know, because, I mean, it was such a unique thing. We did the double ups, and uh, Catherine knows how hard that was, and doing two shows at the same time, and we kind of felt they deserved a show to understand it. Yeah, Please definitely. say hello to Diana Valentine for me. Yes, yeah, so you remember. Isn't that great? Yeah, she's, she's real great. excited to see her. And Drew Kennedy is in North Carolina. Do you remember him at all, Drew Kennedy? He was an art director. Um, and uh, we also were trying to get this guy, Dan Evans, also, who worked with Paul. We'll see what we get everybody there. Yeah, so we're going to talk double ups and those 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 particular up, that double up. We're gonna we're gonna yes, yeah, up. big stone again. The big episode, the stones just wow. came took the limo there that night. Oh, Remember, we got in the limo incredible. and Steve says, "I kind of wish we were going to a Joni Mitchell concert." Save <laughs> <laughs> that. Save that for next week. All right, uh, listen. This was been that, right behind amazing. famous people. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you who. Robert Shapiro, who was doing the OJ case and, at that time. Crawford. Yeah, wow. so that's next yeah. week's going to be really exciting. So make sure you tune back in for that. Uh, Darren, right. I want to just say it's always a pleasure having you here, uh, and I hope you come back more often. Uh, Thank you. You're all of our brother, oh, and for sure, and, and we love you, man. Um, and for Jessica, of course, love it's you too. Our our favorite week when you are here. So, thank you so uh, much. Thank you for coming back. And for Catherine, I want to say, listen, um, I'm all about gratitude these days. I cannot say enough what you did. Uh, with this character. I think oh. all of us love Donna so much. And the reason that we love Donna is because of the work that you did with Tori. Uh, mm-hmm. The scenes that you guys have uh, are just absolutely incredible and absolute all love here from everybody. I'm telling you, this has been one of our most watched episodes uh, so far. People were so excited to have you. And uh, I'm just so grateful for your time and for being here yeah. and doing this with us. So, uh, thank you for the work and thank you for today. Well, thank you again for inviting me and taking me back. It's wonderful those <laughs> years. Yeah. yeah. Good, Good to see, see you. Good to see everybody too. again. Good to see you, yeah. Jess, and everybody. I'll be back in LA soon, but not yet. I'll do one more show here. <laughs> yes. So next week's double ups, guys. Thanks for watching, and we will see you next week.